0: Hey everyone, Aaron Stewart, Data Access Golf. The live Monday, Data Monday presentation. Great to have you with me today. What a weekend of golf. That was that was special. That was very, very cool. Congratulations to Shane Lowry for short. The the history of that part of the world to have an Irishman. Being cheered on by Northern Irishmen and uh, everybody to be, it was just a very, very cool, a very, very cool end of the major season, really. And to have it done in July is crazy. Normally we'd have the PGA still to go and then the playoffs, but with the change in the schedule, that's it. That's all she wrote. We've got our four majors in the books and um, we'll just wait eight months till the, the Masters does it again. Um, but until then, this has been uh, really, really cool. Just excited to get in and, and uh, get this show going. So let's do that right now. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Again, today's Data Monday. We always do this. We review the data that matters, basically how the players performed. And also, we look at the benchmarks from not only this tournament compared to 2018 and their year long season. And we compare that to um, our benchmarks, hopefully, to help us see if our games are solid or they need improvement. I think that um we've been doing it all year and they have been solid. I've been really pleased with the benchmarks and how they've been helping people and hopefully they're helping you as well. We I, I am happy to announce but we have made some really good progress on the app and it's gone um well it's very close to just going to the coders, which shouldn't take too long. The design sometimes takes a uh a lot longer and I wanted to talk to a few folks about it before I actually took it to the coders. Um one of those individuals I'm happy to announce. I interviewed Fred Shoemaker this morning for the podcast. So we'll broadcast those starting tomorrow. It was a wonderful discussion. I actually had my coaching call with him this morning and then we went right into 45 minutes of questions for the podcast. It was, um, it was an awesome discussion. It was, uh, he just has so much information and his mind just works on a different level. And I'm excited to share that with everybody because it's really amazing. We kind of figured out, too, that we've been doing this together for 12 years now. I've been in the Mastery program since 2000, and I think we figured 2008, I think I got the email in 2007 and signed up for 2008, and then there's a group of us that have been together all those years and just love learning together and love learning under the tutelage of one Fred Shoemaker. So uh, it was a great discussion. So looking forward to sharing that with you, but today I wanted to get in and go over this amazing, the British Open was beautiful. I mean, the... Royal Portrush is unbelievable, gorgeous. I I am uh, part Irish and part Scottish, as you can tell by the Stuart. Um, that is where my family is from. And um, my mother's side is the Irish side, and my father's side is um, the Scottish side, obviously, with the Stuart. And um, so I, I knew somewhat of the history of, of Ireland, and um, but not... Not as in depth as the commentators and everybody made sure we understood over the course of the last week, which I really appreciated. It was kind of fun to understand that. And it made when Shane Lowry walked up the 18th, uh, I mean, you could probably could have started celebrating after Saturday, right? Because I mean, the data showed that you had to be within roughly one and a half strokes going into Sunday to have a chance over the course of the last 20 years. And he had a, you know, six, a six stroke lead at that point. So it looked pretty good for Shane, but you got to play him. And the weather wasn't supposed to be very good, but they went out and played it, and it was it was really just amazing to see how well everybody did. I was I, I was really it was very cool to see um, Tony Finau, a local boy, do well too, move up into third there as well. So another top five finish for him. He's had a good year in the majors. I know we talked about Brooks Kepka. he's finished in top five in all four majors. Um, I'm not sure where. Tony finished. I was trying to think, but he had a really good year in the majors as well. So I didn't, I was going to look it up, but I didn't. So we'll look at that up for a different show. But anyway, let's jump right into the numbers really quick. I don't want to drag this on too long. I'm so excited about Fred Shoemaker and I need to get on and start producing a little bit to get it ready for tomorrow, but really excited about it and super excited about uh, Shane Lowry's win. It was very popular. I definitely, um, the numbers said that Justin Rose, right? The, the data said that Justin Rose would be standing tall at the end didn't work out that way golf rarely does follow data there's a lot more there's a lot more variability and variety that you cannot predict you know in golf and in the golf swing and in the golf courses and the weather and everything else and bounces and all of that there's no way to take that all into consideration um, but he showed himself quite well until that the final the final round so uh, he was, he was trending in the right direction i can see why the numbers said that he would be out there in front, but it didn't really work out that way. Another really interesting outcome of that was the JB Holmes situation with Brooks Kepka talking about slow play, and this isn't the first time we've talked about JB Holmes and slow play. He's not, um, um, yeah, it, it's just it's a situation where he's not a slow player, but he doesn't start doing any of his preparation until it's his turn, and that's why that's what makes him so slow. Uh, but this is not the first time he's you know. Somebody's complained about him either. Again, he's just, I can't, it was out in LA, uh, Riviera, I think it was, wasn't it? Where he also basically did the same thing. When the weather got tough, he got really slow. It took a long time deciding on which club to hit. So not the first time. And then I I was disappointed, honestly, with uh, Xander Shoffley and the whole RNA situation and how that came about. I was uh, disappointed with how the RNA handled it. It's rare that the RNA, RNA... does something wrong, in my opinion. They've usually been quite good at um, always being on the right side of situations, even difficult ones. And this particular one, I think they blew it. I mean, they took a page out of the USGA's book and just completely uh, messed this one up. So uh, I don't know why in the world that would have to be released. I don't know why anybody cares. And I don't know why uh, Xander Shoffley has to be the center of attention on all this. It seems more of a problem for the manufacturer that handed in the club. It has nothing to do with Xander. You think all of these players have time to go and weigh and measure the, you know, COR and MOI and all that on their clubs. They don't. And then they never do it. It's just handed to them and they just kind of trust the people that are putting it together. So if anybody should be um in trouble, it should not be Xander Shuffling. Why in the world they would release his name makes absolutely no sense to me. So RNA kind of, yeah kind of dropped kick that one kicked themselves in the teeth with that one that's for sure so those are sort of my i i mean and, and honestly uh royal port rush was un freaking believable i i don't have i'm not much of a fair weather golf. i mean i'm a fair weather golfer i don't like to play in in uh, rain cold I, I i just don't so i mean um yeah i, I that's the thing that worries about about me about going over and playing that if I went out and it was bad, and if it was bad weather, it didn't matter if it would be uh, St. Andrews, I, I don't think I'd play. I think I'd stay inside. And it's, it looks like that that's probably, uh, that probably happens quite a bit. So anyway, neither here nor there. It was a gorgeous co- co- course. It was so fun to be watching it from the very, uh, it was actually very warm here. So the air conditioned confines of the house uh, and, and from the office, it was great. It was, it was great entertainment for sure. And really an amazing way to, it's kind of cool having the British Open as the last major, honestly. I like where the PGA falls a little bit better. I like how the majors were set up. Um, it was fun. I think it was, a, I like how this seems to naturally kind of go to end with, you know, so, sort of the oldest major in the world um, that they like to call the Open. I I, I got in a little fight, uh, not a fight, but I got in a little uh, online with some folks because I keep calling it the British Open and It's not out of being rude or anything. It's just it's always been the British Open to us. And growing up, it was just the British. We never referred to it as the British Open or anything. It was just the British. And I know that they've changed the name recently, and I know we've talked about that. But, I mean, even like in the interview today with Fred Shoemaker, he referred to it as the British Open. And I think that, you know, our friends across the pond don't quite understand that to us, when you say you know you've got – You've got the we've got the Provo Open and the Utah Open and we've got there there's opens all over the place. So just to say the open, uh, it's so confusing that we always have to throw the I mean, because if you say the open around here, it could be one of the 30 of them. And uh, I I just so we always, were, you know, Provo Open or whatever. And we always just called the British. I mean, that was the that was when when you say the British, you take the open completely out of it, take the confusion cl- completely out of it. and We all know what we we're talking about. The British always meant the British Open. And so no offense to anybody, but we'll probably continue to refer to it as um, the British just because it's the easiest for us to communicate that way. And, and we don't want to have to communicate and say more words than than we need to to get a point across. So, again, no offense to our brothers across the pond. Um, you know, we're all related. We all love golf and we just don't like to uh, talk a lot. So, in our in our vernacular. So let's hop right in. It. I'll bring up my screen now. I did again. I did a kind of a presentation to help us get through and see some of this this data point for for thus for us here in the United States. I know that probably over the European tour, they um, they know Shane a lot better than we do. Um, Shane has played over here since uh, 2015. But, and he had a good run in a couple majors, as we'll see in some of his, this bio information. But look, I used the open logo there, folks. Okay. I used their logo, which I'll probably get sued for. I probably should have put the British up there, but, you know, whatever. So this is the British Open, Shane Lowry, 2019 champion. Okay. So some of the things that I learned here as we went through and, as I went through and tried to gather this stuff for this bio page. Um, as an amateur, he won the Irish Open. They talked a little bit about that on the, on the TV coverage. Uh, he was an amateur and won the Irish Open in Ireland. and it, it's a European tour event. so and it was in a playoff over Roger Rock. Pretty cool. We're at a great way to win your first professional tournament as an amateur um of the win and I thought this was interesting. Potter Carrington was kind of the one kind of the the Irish golfer for a while, right? He won a couple majors there, a couple British and uh, british opens and and so. I love this quote from his, so I threw it in there. Padraig, obviously, is a very interesting cat, but um, you only have to look at the fact, let's see, you only have to look at the fact it is such a rarity for an amateur to win. is true, right? Very rarely does an amateur win. And I think on the European tour, um, Shane was only the third player to ever do it. And such a rarity for an Irish player to win the Irish Open. So to have him win the Irish Open and then turn around and now win the British Open in Ireland after 68 years, I think they said, is truly, I mean, it's awesome, right? I mean, it's just, it's poetic. And I think that we all probably thought it was going to be Graham McDowell or, you know, nobody thought it'd be Darren Clark, but Graham McDowell or Roy McIlroy might get it done, but nobody was really talking about Shane Lowry. And uh, obviously, you know, North Ireland versus Ireland, whatever. But to have him come in and get it done is really cool, very very cool. So Lowry won for his won for the first time as a professional in 2012 at the Portugal Masters, also on the European Tour, in October of 2012, which I can imagine in Portugal is probably pretty nice, uh, not in October, right? Um, and then in August 2015, Lowry won the WGC. So. A Bridgestone Invitational, so he was on the European Tour, came over and won an, a WGC event, which is co-sponsored, I guess you could say, with the European Tour and the PGA Tour, um, and was offered, obviously, PGA Tour status and took it. So he joined the PGA Tour in 2015, and uh, just a little note on his win, he was tied at 8 under with J.B. Holmes, and then Lowry shot a 63 on Saturday. That's really where he won the tournament. Um, he was six strokes up on everybody. And literally, I mean, the data showed that going into Saturday, you had to be within two and a half strokes of the lead in order to win. Going into Sunday, you had to be within 1.25 strokes on average of the lead in order to win. Uh, obviously, Ernie Els came from six strokes behind, yada, yada. But um, Shane Lowry, you know, won over and, and those conditions and to still get it done. I think Brooks Kepa said it as Kepka said it as well. That was just nails. It was really amazing play for him to get that done. And he tied a new course record. He set a new course record. They added two new holes, right, in seven and eight to change Royal Port Rush a little bit. So the course record was Rory McElroy's before they made those changes. And then Rory McElroy set a course record on that amazing Friday when he kind of tried to come back from that horrible opening 79 and try to make the cut, missed it by one. Uh But... Um, anyway, new course record on Saturday, kind of distanced themselves to a point where nobody could really, could really touch him. And then obviously six shots ahead of Tommy Fleetwood to get it done. So what does that win mean for our good friend Shane? Well, his world golf rankings go from, he was number 33 in the world, pops up all the way to 17th. And then in the FedEx Cup ranking, which you don't really, we haven't really heard much about Shane all year long, but to go from 68 to 18th, that's 600 FedEx Cup points that did that for him. Excellent. That really helps him in his playoff, in his playoff uh, spot for sure. Gets him to the tour championship. Um, and this kind of gives you an idea. Um, the year to date stats leaders again in both the FedEx Cup and the official golf world rank, golf world, world golf rankings. Brooks Kepka now takes the top spot from Matt Kuchar. Um, everybody else kind of stays the same till you get to the bottom. Ricky Fowler actually moved up to ninth and exchanged places with John Rom. Um well, I mean John Rom moved up as well, and I think it was Justin Rose is the one that got bumped out of the FedEx Cup. Um actually I think that was on the the, the world golf rankings. You see Brooks Kapka again still at number 1. Uh Dustin Johnson now moved up to number 2, Rory McIlroy um no, Dustin Johnson uh stayed at 2, Rory at 3, Justin at 4, which is interesting. Francisco Molinari moved up one from seven to six, exchange, changing places with Bryson DeChambeau. And then everybody else pretty much changed, stayed the same. They they do it on a two-year rotation. So that's kind of a big difference. I did notice, too, that we don't really talk about the Barbasol. And I, I'll try to later on in the week, which was the PG, regular PGA Tour event uh, for, the, uh, for the week. Jim Herman went out and won that. He was ranked... 1,252nd in the world and with the victory jumped all the way up to 269th. So kind of a big jump there for sure. This is where it gets kind of interesting for me. Uh, Sh- Sh- Shane Lowry was, um, I-, I thought that he was more consistent than this. I got to say, I, I, he was one of those sort of grinders that I thought was more consistent. We'll see in his numbers why he's not as we get to the benchmarks. But this was pretty interesting. He's played in in 93 events and made 60 cuts. That's a consistency rating number of 65%. And that puts him right there in the good category where he's probably going to keep his card and he does. But, you know, he's not one of the elite players at all. I'm going to have to rerun these because Tiger Woods has missed a few cuts this year. And uh, I wonder if he's getting close to to dropping down and then Brooks Koepka was getting very close uh, moving his way up especially in majors so was Rory McIlroy but he just missed the cut. I need to rework these I've kind of just left them alone and those are only for the, the victors this year but um, yeah so Shane Lowry would fit there in that 65% which I have as a consistency scale a good player um, but not a solid or elite or a legendary player for sure. Hey okay, the benchmarks obviously my favorite part this is what the apps kind of Uh, geared towards. I actually gave the app screens to Fred Shoemaker today and described to him what I was trying to, excuse me, let me get a drink here. I was trying to describe to him, um, you know, the, the purpose behind it, what I was trying to accomplish. And so he's looking at those right now. So I will have his expert advice also included on the app, and I'm really excited about that. I think that uh, when you have a, a, a gentleman who's been teaching golf for, what, 45 years or something like that, he'll have um, something to say and he'll make sure that the app is better. But uh, it's all based on these benchmarks and helping us kind of see exactly where our game is so we work on the things that we actually, that we're weakest at, right? So um, I don't have all the stats because the RNA doesn't keep stats like the PGA Tour does. The PGA Tour does a, a, an amazing job at making sure that the stats are available to us, the the RNA doesn't. They only kept track of, um, it was weird. They only kept track of driving accuracy. Well, I guess they, uh, driving average. No, they didn't. It was just driving accuracy, greens in regulation and putts per green in regulation. That was it. didn't keep track really of anything else. So, uh, driving accuracy for the tournament. You can kind of see up there in that little card. That's the little, that's the little guy that I stick up on Instagram after a victory. Those are the British open colors. From the scoreboard, uh, anyway, the for the tourney, um, Shane hit sixty three percent of his fairways. For all of twenty eighteen on the PGA tour, he hit sixty one percent. So he, with the tough conditions and all that, he hit more fairways. Our benchmark for hitting fairways is fifty five percent. And Phil Mickelson, Tony Finau, and Jimmy Walker are three players who hit less than fifty five percent. To just legitimize that number in all our heads, so we can um, you know not just scoff at them. Those are legitimate tour quality numbers, okay, from really good players. Greens and regulation for the tournament, uh, Shane hit 79% of his greens and regulation, and in all of 2018 on the PGA Tour, he hit 69%. Our benchmark for that is 65%. And uh, Phil Mickelson, Jason Duffner, and Patrick Reed are three individuals who hit less than 65% in 2018. Okay, sand saves, we don't have those. That's not a stat that was kept by the RNA. Uh, but in 2018, um, Shane got up and down out of the sand 51% of the time. Our benchmark is 45% of the time. Tony Finau, Bubba Watson, and Gary Woodland are three individuals who got up and down out of the sand less than 45%. Okay, again, just to legit, legitimize that um, that sand save number, strokes gained putting RNA doesn't keep track of that. But this is interesting. Um, Shane Lowry does not putt well. He averaged over the course of the entire year, he lost to the field in putting by 0.3 strokes essentially per round, right? So, 1.2 strokes per round, I mean, per tournament, he lost. We definitely want to see that at least above a zero in order to be considered. You don't want to lose to the field in putting. And you'd like to, if you're, you know, like a, a Jordan Spieth, that's kind of how you win against the field. And normally in tournaments, People have to putt very well, but we don't have any putting stats uh, other than the you know 1.62 putts per green, which is again we've been so spoiled with strokes gain putting and the strokes gain numbers that it's kind of hard to go back to something that's less helpful. But anyway, that's where we're at. Uh, scrambling. So this is this is where we start to see some. Well, putting obviously was a bit of a problem. But also in scrambling, we see that Shane got up and down around the grain 53% of the time. Our benchmark is 55%. So Shane Lowry would be one of these individuals that makes less than 55% in 2018, but Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, and Jason Kokrak are three others. And now putting, uh, we obviously, w- we work on five footers um, almost exclusively 90% of the time. And then we spend the other 10% of the time lag putting, trying to get within that 10 foot circle. And I won't spend a lot of time talking about that again, but it's really, we're all about making sure that we are absolutely amazing from five feet and in. Uh, so from 20 to 25 feet, uh, Shane hits 14% of his putts. Our benchmark for that is 9%, so five points higher than our benchmark. Great there. Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, and Jim Furick are individuals who made less than 9% from 20 to 25 feet. In 2018, 15 to 20 feet, Shane hits 16% of those putts. Our benchmark is 17%. So he, we would ask him to work on that a little bit. So now we've got scrambling, we've got strokes gained putting, which again, breaks out into the putting 2018 total. So 15 to 20 footers, we would have him work on. And again, pros have the time to work on all the different lengths of putts. We don't as amateurs. So we focus on the five footers, five feet in and in. That's the only place we should practice putting. And, and then 5%, 10% of that should be lag putty on our putty. Uh, so um, 10 to 15 feet, also 27%, below our benchmark of 28%. And you've got Patrick Reed, Cregan Bagley, Keegan Bradley, and Francisco Molinari, who make le- who made less than 28% in 2018 of their 10 to 15 footers. And then from 5 feet, Shane Lowry hits almost 90%. And that actually is a very good number. Our benchmark is 80%. But if we're practicing our five-footers all the time, and I think this is where it becomes a big deal. If you can get the ball within a 10-foot circle of the hole and you make 90% of those putts, you make nine out of 10 of those, then you're going to be getting up and down a lot more frequently, and that's going to help your score. And then this is, for the for the first time I can remember, and I didn't go back and look, but Shane Lowry averaged over 30 putts per round. Our benchmark is 30. So again, ah, Shane's got a real issue with putting. And that seems to be the biggest thing. So around the green and scrambling and putting is where we would have Shane Lowry work on his game. His long game is actually quite good. So, all right, now the money. This was a big tournament, almost two million bucks was the prize money in this, in this beauty. So you've got $1.935 million. His total score for the four days was 269 strokes. A four-day event, that equates to $483,750 per day. It's a good wage. E- even in Europe, that's a good wage. Um, that equals, again, assuming a five-hour round, which was probably a little longer if you played with J.B. Holmes. <laughs> but anyway, his per hour rate at five uh, hours per per round was 96750 bucks. Again, a, that's a decent hourly rate. 100k an hour, uh, per stroke, 7k per stroke, uh, over the course of his career on the PGA Tour, he's made $5.5 million. He's made 60 cuts, as we already mentioned. That equals to 70, I mean, $92,105 per cut. And that actually finishes quite within the, within the bottom five of all winners this year. Um, and, and that's a huge number. He almost took two million bucks and threw it in on top of his three million total. So um, Shane Lowry has not made a lot per cut. So even when he makes a cut, he doesn't make a whole lot of cash. As we can see with these players that kind of lead the way, you've got Tiger Woods uh, makes an average of $367,000 per cut. Rory McIlroy makes $340,000. Dustin Johnson makes 293,000. Uh, Justin Thomas makes 274,000 and Brooks Kepka makes 256,000 per cut. That's going up. Brooks Kepka has done so well. This is just from uh, at the end of, I think, 2018, uh, 2018. So I'll need to update those numbers as well. So super congratulations to Shane Larry. A big deal. Um, I, I was, I found a little article on what he actually gets. For the victory, and it's quite amazing when you win the British Open. Obviously, he picked up a whole lot of world ranking points, which is beautiful. But then on top of that, he picks up well here it comes. He picks up the an exemption at the British Open until he is 60 years old. So that's 27 more years. He can play at the British Open, as we saw David Duvall, right? He was there playing what plus 27, I think, total at the end of it all, but he showed up and he got to play. Um, he gets a PGA tour exemption for the next five years. He has a job. He can play in any tournament he wants for the next five years. Boom. Huge. He has European tour exemption for the next 10 years. Okay. (laughs) That's great. Next 10 years. So if he, if after five years, he's done with the PGA tour and he wants to go back home, live in Ireland. He's got five years of exemption left on the European tour. Unbelievable. Invitation to the next five masters, five USPGA, five US Open and five players championship tournaments all locked up. Done, done, done. Uh, so really amazing. And probably the thing that he's most excited about. I, I did, I, I read this that he really wants to make the Ryder Cup team and he has been really busting to do that. He just got a whole big bunch of points towards that uh chances are very good now that we'll see Shane we'll see Shane Lowry uh playing obviously and in the Ryder Cup. Okay. So I just wanted to finish up real quick with some of the stat leaders. There wasn't there was a few little changes. You've got Ryan Moore now at the top of the driving accuracy percentage. He bumped out Ches Rivi, and then rounding out the next three Jim Furyk, Ryan Armor, and Hendrick Stenson. Only look at these because these are the benchmarks that we've been looking at. Uh, For Greens and Regulation, you've got Corey Connors, Justin Thomas, which, I mean, man, if he could make some putts, right? Charles Howell III actually moved up one, and just Johnson-Wagner down one, and then Matt Kuchar, uh, also in Greens and Regulation percentage. So, SanSafe percentage, 68%, right? That's amazing. Our benchmark being 45, that's pretty incredible. But you've got Tyrone Van Aswigen, Dustin Johnson, Francisco Molinari, Ernie Els, and Tommy Fleetwood, now Ernie Ells was, he was all the way up here at second, and he's fallen all the way down to fourth with his British Open performance. Um, had some tough time out of the sand, obviously. And then Scrambling, Webb Simpson leads the way, Patrick Cantley Lucas, Lucas Glover, Tommy Fleetwood, who moved up from seven to four with his performance at the British Open, and Aaron Badley just got bumped by Tommy Fleetwood. One little deal. So what does that mean? That means tur- the major tournament season is over. Um, all done. Boy, those don't look centered, do they? They look terrible. Can I do this? I guess it's centered under him. But So there we go. There's our winners for the majors. Tiger Woods, obviously a big surprise in winning the Masters. That sort of changed and set things up. We knew it was going to be a special year for the majors. Have Brooks Kepka come in and go back-to-back in the PGA. Awesome. Amazing. To have Gary Woodland hold off Brooks Kepka at Pebble Beach, uh, basically draped in red, white, and blue for the U.S. Open, was um, amazing, and and couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Uh, the whole thing with him and Amy, the whole it was a beautiful story. So that was a really popular, wonderful win, amazing win for Gary Woodland. And then there at the British Open, Shane Lowry in Ireland, British Open in Ireland as an Irishman, getting it done where he won the Irish Open. Um, he also won the Irish Open as an Irishman. <laughs> Truly spectacular. I don't know what the odds on something like that is, but it's amazing. It's a miracle. So congratulations to Shane Lowry for sure. An amazing performance. Uh, what a great tournament and what a great season we've had. Can't wait to uh, actually looking really forward to the playoffs and what's coming. We've got President's Cup. We've got a lot of really fun golf left. And uh and then the new season starts, right? We go right back into it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Good to be with you on this Data Monday. Thanks for joining me. And until, let's see, I guess I don't have to leave it on there. We can bring it on up. But uh get rid of this, can't we? So thank you for joining me. It's been a great, it's been a great major season. And I appreciate, I know we've done these lives now for Data Mondays, and I appreciate that. And your comments and things have been wonderful. I'll get the MP3 out and still definitely make sure that it's part of the podcast. And then the rest of the week, we'll probably be listening to Fred Shoemaker and discussing some of the things that he brought up because we went deep and it was cool. And I'm looking so forward to sharing it with you. So anyway, this is Aaron Stewart saying thank you. Until next time, remember, better data always means better golf. Thanks.